right. Hey, everybody. Sign it just a bit of business before we get started. I have it on my calendar that I am teaching next week. I guess that means Helen won't be here. I just want to confirm that's what you have too. Well, let's sign a check on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look. Okay. Okay. So let me know when you get it, when you get it figured out. Um, so yeah, I'm here for Out of the Stillness, Seven Steps to Awakening. And uh I do want to tell you all that um, I had told you when we first started this several weeks ago that actually, even though the book was published, uh, I was going through it and I was probably going to make a few more changes. And I told you I would let you know when that was done in case you wanted to hold off and buy it after I had done that or in case you wanted to buy it again. Uh, so that is done anyway. So uh, so if anybody was holding off to buy it until I finished making last series of changes uh you can go get it now <laughs> um the changes are not significant uh for example i just opened randomly up to number 826 uh, it used to say and it said avoid involvement with me being and i changed it to avoid involvement with me living because i knew what the word being meant there but it's not typically what the word being means. So I thought other people could misunderstand it. When it said avoid involvement with me being, it meant being the Regina, right? <laughs> but you know, people may say me being and, and like, I don't know what that means. So I changed it to me living. So it's those kind of changes that I've made and there aren't a large number of them. Um, so if you already have the book and you're like, I don't want to go buy another one, that's fine. I'm actually going to continue teaching from the original published version. Um, but I went ahead and bought the new one. So I have it. Uh, I have it. I'll probably have it in La Vida and I'll have this one here. So I'll have one of each. But um, anyway, some of you, I think we're holding off until I had finished going through and making those final changes. So. Uh, I'm done. If you want to go buy Out of the Stillness, you can. It's on Amazon. And yeah, no Helen Hamilton next month. So I will be here next week. Usually I'm not here on the first uh, Wednesday of October, but I will be here next week. Also sign up. Anybody else who cares? I will not be here October 19th. That's a Wednesday. Uh, that day I am moving furniture from my mom's house in Pueblo to our condo in La Vida. And I'm the one doing the movie and she just had surgery today. She won't be capable of doing that. So, or actually had surgery yesterday. So she won't be capable of doing that. So I, I, I won't be able to teach that day, but I'll be here every other Wednesday in October. Okay, good. Now that we got all that stuff aside, let's move into the fun part, which is the contemplation. So we're starting with uh, 121B, which is on page 48. Uh, and I'm going to read 121 from the seven steps to awakening. Uh, 121 is from the Supreme Yoga or the Yoga Vashistha. And it says, one should positively strive to enthrone wisdom in one's heart. For the mind is unsteady like a monkey. And one should then avoid unwise company. Ooh, that's interesting. Avoid unwise company. So again, 121, one should positively strive 
to enthrone wisdom in one's heart. For the mind is unsteady like a monkey. And one should then avoid unwise company. Sometimes when people read quotes like that, they say, that sounds like a judgment. <laughs> so I want to show you what I did with that contemplation. First of all, the, in, my, in my book, uh, Out of the Stillness, there's a 121A and a 121B. Whenever you see that, that means I contemplated the quote, but then I didn't feel complete. So I contemplated the quote again. Uh, 121B is the one I want to look at, but let me just quickly read 121A. It says, listen within, with intense love, like an eager dog who watches its master intently for some sign of guidance. The heart is master, not the mind. Do not be led astray by the imposter acting as master, like the dog knows the smell and call of its master, know the smell and call of yours. I love that. Know the smell and call of the heart, right? Don't confuse what you're supposed to follow, right? The heart instead of, um, instead of the mind. But again, that's not the one I wanted to look at. I wanted to look at the, the 121B which had to do with that um, avoiding unwise company is what I went back and contemplated. So 121B, quiet attention for the guidance of the heart can be forgotten in the company of those who do not listen intensely for the call of theirs. To be fully attentive, Lose interest in distractions. Be devoted, focused, listening for the heart. So again, quiet attention for the guidance of the heart can be forgotten in the company of those who do not listen intently for the call of theirs, meaning the call of their heart. To be fully attentive, lose interest in distractions, be devoted, focused, listening for the heart. So uh, one of the challenges that I had, and I really do not imagine this is my challenge alone. <laughs> one of the challenges that I had was, um, even though I was really very devout, uh, spent hours each morning in contemplation, throughout the day was paying attention to my mind, paying attention to what thoughts I was listening to, um, rest and accepting and trusting through upsets instead of act, instead of acting on the mind, right? Instead of um, all of this stuff that I think is very uh, well-focused. I found that when I got around people, in a social environment, I totally forgot. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> totally forgot. And I would get into a social environment and I would fall right back on, on just blah, 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 you know, whatever came out of my mouth. Everybody knows what I'm talking about because you all do it too, right? <laughs> so... So this is what I started looking at 
and, and I know that there's several um, quotes in here that look at this, how many of them I circled, how many of them I'm going to bring forth in this teaching, I can't say, but it's a topic that kept coming up. Um, the interesting thing was, uh, I wasn't hanging out in bars. Um, I wasn't a member of some, you know, club like quilting clubs or sports club or even a, a gym. I in other words, I wasn't hanging out with people who weren't on the spiritual path. I was hanging out with people on the spiritual path. And yet this social environment was still occurring, which uh, I found myself slipping into and forgetting my spiritual path when I was with them. Isn't that interesting? So, uh, and, and this was a, a problem for a bit of time for me. So notice this says, first of all, it just states the fact. Quiet attention for the guidance of the heart can be forgotten in the company of those who do not listen intently for the call of theirs. I was actually talking about my spiritual friends. Like they weren't, I love them, I love them, I love them. But at that time, they weren't as devout as I was. And so even though they were on the spiritual path, they were still more like your average people of the world. You know, uh, I mean, sure, they had some spiritual interests, but they got very caught up in politics, uh, maybe very caught up in what you know the stock market would be doing, very caught up in gossiping about whoever wasn't in the room, right? All of that kind of stuff was, was happening. So again, quiet attention for the guidance of the heart can be forgotten in the company of those who do not listen intently for the call of theirs. It's not a judgment. It's just what I was experiencing. And then I began to talk to myself. To be fully attentive, lose interest and distractions. So in the first sentence, it says, that the quiet attention for the guidance of the heart can be forgotten, right? In the company of people who aren't paying attention for theirs. But the focus for me is on the fact that I'm forgetting. The focus for me isn't on the fact that they're forgetting, right? This is why to me, it's not a judgment. The focus for me is I'm forgetting. And so what I need to do, what I need to do is figure out why I'm forgetting. Why do I get with my friends and then just fall all the way back into old habits? Why am I forgetting to be as devout as I am when I'm on my own? And the answer that I found was because I am interested in these relationships. I am interested in these conversations. I am interested in this stuff. There's the problem. There's the problem. And so if being interested is the problem, then the answer is lose interest in those distractions, right? Lose interest, become uninterested in politics, you know, become uninterested in what the stories about other people's lives, especially the people that aren't in the room, you know, become uninterested in that. To be fully attentive, lose interest in distractions. That was the key sentence in this for me. That became the practice, to lose interest. To be fully attentive, lose interest in distractions, and then be devoted, focused, listening for the heart. But um, 
again, that became my practice in these situations. And at this time, you know, I couldn't have avoided these social situations. I'll tell you why. They were happening in my house. Um, or at least they had been. I think they quit around this time because that's when the guidance came to uh, go into the year of silence. And I told people they couldn't come anymore. But from the time I moved in here in 2009 throughout the end of 2011, I had a constant flux of guests. My house was busier than the retreat house is now. I suspect that's because I didn't charge anybody so they could come for free. <laughs> right. But I mean, there were people here all the time and it was just like somebody would check out and somebody else would check right in. We were washing sheets and letting people. So there were constantly people here. There were often eight people around my dining room table. And this is what had been going on all of the time. And this is what quit when I went into that year of silence starting in 2012, right? This is what stopped was all of these people coming or one part of what stopped. But, um, but I couldn't avoid the social situation because it was happening in my kitchen. It was happening in my living room, right? So what I had to learn how to do was be present without being interested. Be physically present without being interested, without being so tuned in, and instead become more interested in my devoted heart than in the conversation. Um, and that is something I practiced, still practice on occasion. It's still, it's still a weakness sometimes. It's getting much easier. And in fact, those of y'all who were at the last retreat know that when people even began to ask me about my own life, wanted a story, like what's going on? Uh, I couldn't even go there. Um, what's beginning to happen now, and, and I would say this has been over the last few months that I've really noticed it. I perceive this as new. When I uh, see the opportunity to tell a story that isn't coming through, like parables, I can still tell. Like right now, I'm telling a story, but see, it's a parable. This I can do uh, because it has a, a meaning to it. But just to, in a social situation, just to tell a story. Uh, it actually creates the feeling of pressure. You know, it's just like, it's a pressure. It doesn't feel good. And so somebody will ask me to tell a story and I find myself either giving the highlights, you know, like just the top level. I don't really go down into the story or uh, I just say, I'm sorry, I can't go there. And again, if you were at the last retreat, some of y'all may have heard that because I know I, I did that several times. There's a lot going on in, in, in my personal life right now. And people were asking about it. It was just like, I'm sorry, I can't even tell you. All, all I can say is there's a lot of moves going on. That's all I can say, right? <laughs> um, so apparently this losing interest thing has worked to the point that I'm now developing an incapability to participate, which I actually think is wonderful. Because if I have an incapability to participate, then I also won't be forgetting. You know, there's not enough interest, there's not enough attention going that will even allow me to be a part of it. Um, and therefore, I'm focused on the heart. I'm focused on, you know, the guidance. I'm focused on awareness because I'm not outward focused on the social situation. And again, that started as something that I worked on, right? Consciously worked on. And it's now developed into something that is so natural, it would be painful to go back.
And of course, you know, we're talking about a period of years because what we're reading now, when I was starting to work on it, this is probably written in um, 2011, late 2011. And that we're sitting here today, you know, 11 years later, right? And I'm saying I recently developed the, in, the incapability to participate. Uh, so does anybody have anything they want to say about that before we move on? All right, then. Uh, the next one I have circled is 123. Actually, could I, could I say something, Regina? Yeah, who is it? Anne, yes, Anne, you may. Anne. Well, I got the guidance to say something and I just didn't sit up fast enough. So I wanna, I wanna <laughs> honor the guidance to say something. Um, I was like so comfy. I'm like, nah, nah, and I'm like, wait, I don't go now nah anymore. Um, I remember, I think it was the first, very first retreat, uh, the self-inquiry retreat. Uh, and retreat house, what, three or four years now? Yeah, we, we started, we opened in January 2019. Okay, so some number of years. Um, and I remember we were all talking and, and, and uh, you were, at some point you said, uh, you know what the, she goes, I, you said something like, I, I, I kind of, hate to say this, but, um, you know, it's, it, it comes to say, you know what the, the biggest impediment to the spiritual path is, and, and everyone's leaning in. I don't know. Do you remember? You know, I mean, oh, sure I don't remember, don't remember exactly this. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, you said relationships. Yeah. You said all of them. And I was, you may recall, may not recall, I was just beginning a new relationship. I'm like, wait, 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 what do you mean relationships? You was like, you were like all of them because there's just some part of you that's gonna, part of you, the not true part of you, that's gonna be hooked in, that, that, that's gonna get some juice, that's gonna have some role, that's gonna have some patterning. But it was such a blanket statement. It was like the, the biggest impediment to the spiritual path, bar none, is relationships. And it's like, oh, dang, on. So to, to hear you say it now, it feels a lot less like a, uh, like a brick wall or like a frying pan to the face. And it, it, and it feels more like, yeah, that's exactly where I get, where I can see I get hooked. You know, I get, things are a little sticky. That's, and it's just helpful to know that. It's just helpful to, for me to know it's a natural part of it. It is the biggest impediment and I can just look for it and I can not feel guilty or feel bad, but I, but I can be vigilant for the kingdom when I am in my relationship role, which is often these days. So yeah. I just appreciate that and, and felt to add that. Well, and one thing that's kind of interesting is that uh, my closest friends are probably, hopefully I don't leave anyone out of this little list. <laughs> my closest friends are probably Anne, Rhoda, Jacqueline, Shauna, Manuela, and Norma. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. And how how often am I really with you guys? Right, almost never. Um, that's because the truth is my closest relationship is still with this awakening process. And I don't even want those people, I, you know, I love you very, very much and I really appreciate you, but I do not want my relationships with any people any people to distract me from my primary relationship. So I have limited friendships with the people I'm closest to. I have, um, you know, 
uh, managed relationships with my family, like my family knows this is your place. And this is when I'm in, in my bedroom with the door closed. <laughs> I have managed relationships with my family. And there isn't a single relationship in my life, unless you count the dog, who, um, who kind of steps in where I wouldn't want her. The reason I say that is she needs a walk in the morning to go poop. And I want to meditate. So, but I surrender to that. <laughs> then I come back. But she's the only one, you know, and she doesn't know any better. She has to go poop. That's all she knows, right? <laughs> so, um, so I have tempered relationships, even though I love everyone. And I haven't tempered my love, but I have tempered my involvement in relationships. And if I ever like I'm going to start spending a whole lot more time in La Vida. And this is what's happening on October 19th. We're literally, I'm still going to live here. Remember, I used to live here and La Vida. That's coming back. All right. And we're moving our furniture there again. So it's, that's coming back. And I'm going to be right next door to Shauna. And I'll tell you what, Shauna will get limited time. Right. Shauna will get limited time. The fact that she's next door with me does not mean she's going to be hanging out with me all the time. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to see her some. We'll do things sometimes. We'll take a walk sometimes. But my intention is to continue focusing on this until everything that could focus on this has been obliterated. So I love you, Ann. Thanks for bringing that up. Sina. Yeah, in regards to, I can totally relate to what you're saying, but also what Ann just shared. When I'm by myself and I'm meditating, it is amazing how deep and powerful and profound the love, the joy, the bliss, the connection, that feeling of emptiness, yet effulgence. And then here comes the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with um, certain relationships, let's just say family, um, it is extremely challenging because those particular family members operate solely on the I am bad belief and it's heavily believed and reinforced. And I myself am learning finally, of course, little by little to let go of this belief. And whenever I get around these family members, it is projected onto me, the I am bad belief. It is, it is told to my face you know, you're guilty, you're bad, look what you've done. And so recently there was a happening um, with a family member and I was just like, okay, that's enough. This is toxic. I'm trying to let go of this belief. This relationship is reinforcing the belief. I'm no longer wanting to reinforce the I am bad belief. I'm literally trying to let go of this belief. I'm guilty. And, and so I stayed away from this person for like six weeks. And then my boyfriend accidentally dialed this person. And I was like, and then so I had to pick up the phone because she was already there. And, and, then, and then so I had to confess it was an accident. I didn't even mean to call you. So for the next 10 minutes, she proceeded to ream me for not calling her, letting her know I was okay. And, and so there was like, I mean, it was an avalanche of guilt. Like I am bad because I did not call her, but I told her why. 
I told her the specific reason why. So for me, how the relationships show up is there's constant reinforcement that this one, pointing to myself, those listening on AT radio, pointing to myself that I'm bad while I'm trying to let go. And so I'm not sure what to do with this besides kind of like what you're doing where you limit. And I've tried to do that too, but then they keep calling. So what do you do? And I try to ghost them, but they, but then like, look what happened. My boyfriend accidentally calls her. Yeah. Well, I, I I will tell you that I did quote, lose a few friends. I say quote, lose a few friends because I've never lost. If you could see how full my love is for everyone in the heart, you'd know that actually from my perspective, that can't happen. Like whether I ever see someone again or not is irrelevant from my perspective, that can't happen. But there were a few friends who cut our relationship off because I was not the type of friend that they defined a friend should be. And I, you know, and I let them go. You know, and if they were to come back, I, you know, that's great too. But um, I'm not going to call someone on the phone and talk for two hours every week or whatever these expectations were. Um, because that's just not where I'm at. I'm just, and it's not what I'm going to do. I can't sell myself short. I can't out of guilt or out of social pressure or anything like that, do anything that isn't aligned with what I'm, what I know I'm here to do. So, uh, I let those friends walk away. The ones that I couldn't meet their expectations and still follow my guidance. To answer your question so from what i'm hearing and please correct me if i'm wrong is it might be best for me now since there's still obviously residual of that belief that i am bad because i did get triggered i honestly did and um so maybe it's best to just step away is that what well, you're saying I, letting it go I, i'm saying follow your guidance and if your guidance is not to be in this relationship then then that's that Now, you do have to pay attention because only you can answer this question to whether it's your guidance. You know, I remember in in the way of mastery, there's this little part where he talks about sometimes in the beginning. I know you're not in the beginning, so forgive me for this. This is just what he says. He says, sometimes in the beginning, you have to build like a fence around your garden. Because if you don't have a fence around your garden, your garden, you know, what's beginning to grow, like, you know, what could be beginning to grow here is letting go of the I am bad belief. What's beginning to grow gets trampled and it never gets to grow. So he says in the beginning, you have to build a fence around your garden. He says at some point your plants grow tall enough and strong enough that they can stand on your own. And at that point, you should take the fence back down again. You know, in other words, you don't want to avoid because you're afraid you'll lose your peace. So what you have to determine is, are you in the stage now, and you have to determine this with your guidance, are you in the stage now where you need this little fence around your garden so that you can grow stronger in, in, in letting go of the I am bad belief when it shows up in your own mind, right? Yeah. Is that what's true? Or are you avoiding and is the truth that your plant really is strong enough and now's a good time to face it? And, and, and let it go while it's being told to you. Cause at some point you got to face it. You got, you, you can't just avoid that. You know, you, you have to be able to, to, to be right there and, and see it coming and let the feelings go 
and not believe it, not react to it, right? But that takes a certain amount of strength. That takes a stronger plant. Uh, so the question is, are you in the stage now where you should be building the fence? Are you in the stage now where you can take the fence down? And only you can know that, you and your guidance. But just make sure you aren't avoiding, because avoiding means you're afraid to face it, which means you're going to keep it. You see, that's different. Mm. Right? I, I see that. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it, it takes a lot of discernment to decide, you know, where am I now? What's truly best for me now? Truly best for me, meaning helping me towards awakening, right? Is it truly best that I spend more time alone and in contemplation? NTI calls it separation for the purpose of joining. Is that what mm, most like that. is that the stage I'm at? Separation for the purpose of joining? Or am I at the stage where I should go back out and 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 now, you know, I want to say test the waters, but it's not really a test. Just go back out and 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 actively let go in practice with real people. Um and then whatever you come up with, whatever seems like the most sincere, genuine answer for you, that's what you're to do. Now, next year, it may be something else. But when I say I lost friends, what I was, I was talking about something different than letting go of the I am bad belief. I was just talking about my ongoing desire to have as much time alone as possible. Mm. Right. And therefore, anything that was, you know how Michael Langford says, let go of unnecessary activities. Yes. I found social situations to be an unnecessary activity. Genuinely. And so, uh, you know, just to keep a friend, I'm not going to spend two hours on the phone, you know, once a week when that's something that I have determined within myself and what feels like a very genuine way. That's an unnecessary activity. I mean, ask Anne, ask Shauna. They're my closest friends. How often do I pick up the phone and call you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, unless unless we're doing business together it's a business call if i call right it's a business call it's not a friendship call and i adore them you know so but social situations for me are an unnecessary activity when life puts us together that's great i'm very happy to see them but i am not maintaining relationships that's different Thank you, Regina. That was so helpful. You're welcome. Marisol. Hi. Uh, so a lot of, I guess a lot of what I wanted to ask has been answered and also a confirmation, which I'm very grateful because um, I um, have held, um, I know now that it was um, very clear guidance on separating myself from my sister and um, and I'm really grateful for it because it's, I know it's what's needed and it's going to be almost a year. And there have been moments and I, I saw her recently where um, that heaviness and that, um, that struggle that was within me every time I was with her has, is it's releasing, which, and I'm so grateful. So I appreciate you like, um, saying that again about like it, it's it's very personal and it's it's a discernment that you have to practice on a um individual basis on whatever the experience yeah. is with that person so thank you for that um and and i guess yeah you have to set firm boundaries when you feel the need to do it um 
Um, so, but my question, and I guess it's like, you kind of answered it that, you know, when you're interacting with someone, do you feel, and I guess it doesn't really matter, I guess, like, is there like, do you feel like a disconnect come like if, like, let's say someone is at, Hey, Regina or whatever, how's your life going or whatever. You just don't feel that need to like have that type of interaction with the person. Do you feel mm -hmm. like did they disconnect it from you? Like, cause they yeah. still connect that way. Like I know I still do. It's <laughs> so know? funny. The answer to this is so funny. I feel zero disconnection from the person. I feel completely one with in harmony with, I do feel disconnected from the story. Mm. You see, so there is a disconnect, but not where you'd think it. So when I when I'm telling the person I'm sorry I just can't go there. I'm not feeling disconnected from the person who's asking for the story. I'm feeling disconnected from the story they're asking me to tell. In I fact, it reminds me of when I was with Michael Langford. Uh, I asked him a question that day. I, I I wanted to know, you know, I was still very much a seeker at that point. And I and I wanted him to tell me everything he could tell me that was going to help me wake up. You guys know that feeling, right? I got one day with this guy. I want everything he could tell me is going to help me wake up. And one of the things I wanted to know is what were your mistakes? I wanted to learn from his mistakes, right? So I asked him some kind of a question about the mistakes he made, the obstacles that were hardest to transcend, how he transcended them, that kind of thing. And he sat there for a second and then he looked at me and he said, you're asking me to remember a person that's dead. You see, he felt very disconnected from the story I was asking him about. That's but, what I'm now experiencing. Oh, at that time, did you feel disconnected from him because you still needed that? No, I took that as, a, as the answer to my question. I took that as the lesson that I needed to learn that 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 the per that what I perceived as a person sitting in front of me was not the person Michael. That what I was looking at was, um, if you'll pardon the, the language here, I was looking at God or the universe speaking to me through a body. The person Michael was no longer there. That's what I needed to hear. So the biggest obstacle is thinking you're the person and being attached to the person. So I actually took it as the answer to my question. Um, but, but that's what I am now experiencing, you see. So now I understand much more. You know, I, I'm not disconnected from, from that which I'm communicating with because that's, you know, consciousness, that's the same as me, whatever. What I'm disconnected from is the story, the Regina they're asking me to tell them about. Another time that happened to me was I had um, Jan Frazier here at my house one day and I was actually just being polite, you know, just, and I said something like, how are your children? Cause I knew she had two kids who were adults. She looked at me with the blankest look in her eyes and I, she, knew, she didn't even say anything. I think she said something like, I assume they're okay. But I mean, she didn't say anything, but that blank look in my eyes, I realized I asked her to tell me about something that wasn't here, wasn't present, and she couldn't possibly know the answer to. You know, anything she would say would be a lie, a, make, a made up. You know, if I ask you right now, Marisol, how are, how are your kids? They're not in the room. You don't know how they are. Anything you would tell me, you'd be making up and not even knowing that you're making up. 
But see, Jan Frazier was awake enough to know that she didn't know, right? And But the look in her eyes told me everything. She didn't have to say a word. So what's happening now, again, as, as, as I am awakening more, is I am disconnecting more from Regina. I'm disconnecting more from her story. I'm disconnecting more, even though I'm still living that life. That's the funny thing. You know, I'm still running around doing all of that stuff. I'm always with what's here right now, focused on what's here right now. And it's very difficult for me to talk about even this morning or this evening. Because that all of that, it's just not the same. I don't have the, that's what I don't have the relationship with anymore. And again, if anybody who doesn't understand what I'm saying, all I can say is someday you will. You go, ah, okay, now I'm now that I'm having that experience, I know exactly what she was talking about. Right. But all of this stuff does shift and change as you awaken more. And although some of it may not sound pleasant to the mind. The truth is, this is where the peace comes from, right? This is where the joy comes from. This is where the freedom comes from. This is what awakening and enlightenment is. It's not having all of those attachments. It's not having all of those concepts about who you are and about your story. But in my experience, It's kind of funny because I sit here and I will continue to sit here and I tell you about these practices that I did, you know, like the practice of consciously focusing on losing interest in the, in the conversation about whoever's not in the room, right? Like, I don't really want to be interested in this. Or if I did get interested, then later in a non-judgmental way, I see where I slipped there. I became interested. I want to remember not to be interested next time, right? I'm like training myself. In spite of that, okay, in spite of that, when the automatic disinterest or really more than disinterest, when the inability to participate arose for me, it was a surprise. And I think this is why if we go back to back to the book that kind of started it all for me, A Course in Miracles, I think that's why it's called A Course in Miracles. Because in spite of the practice, when the actual shift occurs, it never feels like it came from anything you did. Isn't that funny? So is there a direct relationship between practice and shifts? I can't honestly say. Some people say there is. Some people say there isn't. The truth is, when the shift occurs, you cannot point at the connection. Right? You can't say, I did this and this shifted. It's just like, suddenly, I suddenly, suddenly, I can't be interested in stories anymore. All hey, right. <laughs> yeah, Mickey. I'm going to do this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm so glad you brought up Course in Miracles because I was terrified to bring it up myself. I don't know why, <laughs> who knows? But the whole focus of that book is about relation, is about the holy relationship. So yeah. 
Can you tie those two together for me? I absolutely can tie those oh. two together. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> uh, uh, it's the same statement looked at from two points of view. So that which is the greatest obstacle is also that which is your greatest learning opportunity. They're the same thing, right? But first you have to recognize that it's an obstacle before you can learn from it. If you aren't paying attention to the fact that you're getting distracted from your spiritual path when you're in a social relationship, then you'll never use those opportunities to try not to be distracted. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know what you know about me. I don't know how long you've been around listening to my teachings. But, so you know about my, my relationship with Laurent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that was a that was a, a an intense schoolhouse, you know, mm -hmm. so it came through relationship, but it was an intense schoolhouse because of the obstacles that were presented through the relationship. So it's transcending the obstacles. Right. So people think the relationship is going to save them. It's not the relationship that saves you. It's your ability to transcend the relationship that saves you. Doesn't mean the people aren't still there. I mean, I still have a daughter, but I do not have the codependent relationship with my daughter that almost every parent I know has with their child. I've let, I've let that relationship go. She still shows up. She still calls me mom. I still call her my daughter. We still hug. But she has so much independence from my mind and from my attempts at control and all that other kind of stuff that other parents have because I have let that go, right? So, um, so relationships are, are continue to be obstacles to the degree that they are what is the center of your attention, the center of your interest, what you think makes you happy. And all of that is what you transcend, but you transcend it through being in the relationship and noticing all of the stuff that you're projecting onto the relationship. And then transcending all of that until there's nothing there that you're projecting onto the relationship anymore. And yet the, the, the person, the, the, the parent relationship often continues on. Does that answer your question? Your question. Absolutely. Good. 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 Thanks. All right. Anything else on this topic before I look at you started, Anne? <laughs> uh, Tatiana. <laughs> well, all this conversation is extremely pertinent to me. And I think I I may be missing some understanding what you are saying, but uh, in general, I, I, I am getting it. Uh, as the problem is with my daughter and we kind of quite apart from each other. She doesn't talk to me very much. She talks sometimes when it's social, whatever. And I feel okay with that because she is still angry at me She's still, and I, and I, and I am losing understanding why she is angry at me. She, she sometimes asks me to apologize for something. I say, okay, I, I agree. It's, it was like 
my fault. I, I apologize. But she doesn't take it. She doesn't take it. And she's going to get married in less than 10 days. And whole months, I was like in a situation when I, I really wanted to get closer to her so she could understand me, so we could be fine together. But every time I do just a little move, it's like very from what do you want <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Just back off. And I went through very powerful experience understanding that I think she hates me. I think she doesn't want to deal with me, but her anger is so intense and she is, so she really cares so much about me because of that, I know that. And I understood that the problem was totally mine because I, was given this opportunity again and again. I worked with this many years and it's still there. I have to drop this thinking that she hates me. I well, it, it, I mean, that's good, but let's pretend for a moment that she really does hate you. Let's just, I mean, I, I'm guessing she doesn't, but let's pretend for a moment that she does. Okay. Yes, she does. What, what, what really needs to be transcended is the desire that she feel any differently than she feels. You see, that's your attachment. Your attachment is wanting her to feel different than she does. You got to transcend any attachments you have. You know, my daughter is an interesting person. Uh, I, you know, I, I have no idea what's going on with her because I've never asked because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> sometimes I'll text her and she responds. And sometimes I text her and she doesn't. Just whatever is going on with her. It's so funny to watch my partner because if he texts her and she doesn't respond, Jasmine's not responding. She doesn't like us. Blah blah blah. blah. I mean, this whole big story gets in, in, involved. If I text her and she doesn't respond, that's just the end of it. She didn't respond. There's nothing there. When she does, she did. You know, uh, there's no story going on here about what's going on with her. There's just seeing. I texted her. And it doesn't affect my texting her. It's not like I text her less because sometimes she doesn't respond. It's not like I text her more because sometimes she doesn't respond. I just text her when I feel like texting her. Whether she responds or not is on her. You see, I don't have an attachment to how I want her to be. These are the things we have. This is what we transcend in a relationship. Ultimately, people have to be allowed to hate you. Do you realize that if you all were not allowed to hate me in my own mind, I could, couldn't tell you the truth 100% of the time. You see, the only way I can be an effective teacher is by giving you permission to hate me. If, 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 if I wanted Tatiana to like me, then I might have to agree with her right now because if I disagree with her or if I try and push her higher than she is, oh, she might not like me. You see, but that would be my attachment. Yes. So let me, let me take this back to the basics. This is how all of this started with me. Holy Spirit once told me, uh, Holy Spirit being inner wisdom. Back then I was a Course in Miracles student. I called it Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit once told me that it wanted me to let go of all relationships, but my relationship with it. And when I first heard that, I was offended. 
uh, what I later came to see, and I mean within months, what I later came to see is I didn't actually have relationships with people anyway. I only had relationships with my thoughts about people. And those thoughts were either egoic thoughts or they were right-minded thoughts. You know, like when I looked at my daughter back then and I thought she was disrespecting me, I was listening to the ego in my mind, interpreting the relationship. When my partner gets all upset because she doesn't respond to a text, he's listening to the ego in his mind, interpreting the fact that she didn't respond. We don't actually have relationships with people. We have relationships with our own interpretation of those people. And so when Holy Spirit asked me to let go of all relationships, but, but him or but it, it was just asking me to stay tuned in, listening within, in all circumstances. And this is basically what I am telling you all has developed in me over the years and matured, right? Developed and matured. But if you go back to the first basic fact, and if you and you can observe this in your own life, you do not have to believe me. You just have to be very observant in your own life. Notice you do not actually have a relationship with any human. You have a relationship with your thoughts about that human. Notice that. Pay attention. Yeah. That's really all you're letting go of. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. Yes, I got it. Yeah, I. But again, wanting people to be a certain way is one of those things we have to let go of. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 And but still, like, there is a, there is a way how I could change my this my projection on relationship. So, and it is. It is freeing for everybody. Yeah. Well, you just, I mean, you know, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with saying she doesn't really hate me. You know, I think it's best to just do what I do, however, which is I don't know what's going on with her. Because <laughs> even, even in the same way, she doesn't really hate me. She's doing, there's a, a new imagining going on. The truth is, I don't know what's going on with her. You know, she acts angry sometimes. But I don't really know what's going on with her. That's the truth. And that's where the freedom comes from, not from a different story. Stories, again, get abandoned. You know, sometimes my daughter responds to my text. Sometimes she doesn't. That's the end of it. There's no story in that. Do you hear? It's just sometimes she wants to come here for the weekend. Sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes when I invite her to go to a concert or a play with me, she says yes. Sometimes she says no. Thank you. You're welcome. Now we only have five minutes left, which means we're not going to go into the next quote. So uh, I guess we'll stay on this topic. Somebody else must have something to say that can keep us busy for five minutes. Or not.
I will tell you again, the most important thing always, the most important thing always, the most important thing always is tuning in to find out your guidance and follow your guidance. Oops, so I have my eyes closed, two hands went up. So let's see, Mickey. So I'll just tell a quick little story that relates to all of this that sometimes it's not even guidance, sometimes Holy Spirit comes in or, you know, whatever, and takes people away. I, you know, I had such a close community where I live in a little condo complex. I had like five or six really, really close friends. One moved away, one died, one had to go take care of somebody else. They just all up and left. And I realized later on that they were people that I mainly sat around and gossiped with and drank wine with. (laughs) And I think, I think finally Holy Spirit said, look, sister, you know, like you want this, you better get real with it. And, or I'm going to get rid of all your buddies. (laughs) I would word that differently. Yeah. Here's what I would say. I would say that, uh, within you somewhere, there was a strong enough desire that your attraction to those relationships weakened. And as a result, they faded away. Yeah. Yeah. I think Uh, I did see another hand up. It went down, but we have three minutes. Do you want to put it back up? Whoever you were, I didn't catch who it was. Hi. I just want to express, sorry, I, um, you can't see me very well. Uh, I just want to express my gratitude because I'm fairly new to your teaching. But everything you said just, I feel like I'm going to cry. It just really touched all those areas in, inside of me where I've been contemplating. Am I, am I moving forward? correctly is it okay to leave that relationship is it okay to I guess I was even thinking of the word selfish but I didn't like that word thinking of self and and everything that happened today was just such a confirmation and I I just want to express my gratitude more than anything yeah no I I totally understand that I remember when I thought I was being selfish when I started this pulling back from relationships. And um, again, this is why it shows up in NTI because this would have been around the time that I was feeling that way. And I was the scribe of NTI, so it was talking to me. This is why it shows up this term separation for the purpose of joining, right? It's not avoiding, right? We talked about with Sina, you don't wanna avoid, but the separation has to happen for the purpose of joining. There needs to be more time alone. And how can you have more time alone if you're caught up in all of these relationships that take up all your time? The the other part of that was when I sort of stepped back, relationships also changed. For example, my husband, I have to be careful that he doesn't hear this, but he was a real challenge. I know I had one too, and he's he's better now too. He's in the next room too, so we'll both be quiet. Um, and and now that I have stepped further with, into myself and into this, yeah, he's 
becoming much different. He's he's yes. much more mild and and. And so I am so grateful for all of this. And I, that was the purpose. I, you know, I put, put my hand up and I thought, why am I putting up my hand? It was just really to express my gratitude. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank I, had, I had the same experience. My partner changed. Uh, you know, in the beginning, he was very, very jealous, very, very controlling. Now yeah. I feel like he's just, you know, I don't know. He's so easy. He always wants to be of service, you know, uh, to me and my family, you know, he's, everything has just changed. So yeah, some relationships go away, some relationships change, you know, the key is to have the one relationship right here, right? Mm -hmm. Let everything else happen as it happens. Don't make your relationships out there, make your relationships right here and everything else will fall into natural harmony based on that. All right, guys, we are out of time. But as I said, I will be here next week because Helen won't be. So, uh, and I'm on my way to the hospital to see mom. So um, for those of you who want to know, she's doing fine. They're going to let her out tomorrow. And we're trying to figure out who's going to sleep there with her because uh, <laughs> I'll be in La Vida. <laughs> All right, bye.